You're listening to Comedy Central. Good news, everybody. I know a lot of you have been stressed by this and been waiting. Um, the Washington football team officially chose a name. Yes, I know a lot of people were stressed about this. People couldn't sleep. I know some of you in the crew, you're just like at night, your wife was like, what's wrong, honey? You're like, they haven't got a name. So yeah, they, uh, they've gone, they uh, have changed their name. They're now called the Washington Commanders, which I misheard the first time I heard it. I thought they said the Washington Commandos, and I thought it was just like a team that wasn't gonna wear underwear. I'm like, that's a dope intimidation tactic. Yeah, tackle me, see what's up. <laughs> yeah, but the Commanders is the new name, which is like a powerful name, isn't it? That's, like, like, that's respect, the Washington Commanders. Put some respect on that name. The commanders got blown out 47 to three. <laughs> That's powerful. I love that. It's also funny how like the NFL, this whole thing was like a, a scandal of like racism for the NFL. And then this is the end of that scandal. And I'm sure the guys in the NFL were like, well, we did it boys. No more racism scandals for us at the NFL. We got it. No more racism issues. What? A lawsuit about what? God damn it. Coming to you from the heart of Times Square in New York City, the only city in America. It's The Daily Show, Ears Edition. Tonight, off with CNN's head. Whoopi makes a whoopsie. And Gugu Mbatha This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Daily Show. I'm Trevor Noah. Let's jump straight into today's headlines. All right, we kick things off with some news coming out of CNN. Yes, the channel you watch at the gym while you listen to your podcast. The network has always been famous worldwide for its 24-hour news and people shouting at each other coverage. But over the past few months, the spotlight has been turned on them, especially in the wake of Andrew Cuomo's harassment scandals and then Chris Cuomo's secret defense of his brother's scandal. Well, today, that scandal took yet another twist. We have news now to report involving our network. CNN President Jeff Zucker has just resigned after disclosing a consensual relationship with a colleague. He wrote to staffers a few minutes ago, quote, as part of the investigation into Chris Cuomo's tenure at CNN, Cuomo, of course, fired last month, Zucker says, I was asked about a consensual relationship with my closest colleague, someone I have worked with for more than 20 years. I acknowledged the relationship evolved in recent years. I was required to disclose it when it began, but I didn't. I was wrong. As a result, I am resigning today. Man, this must have been a really weird day for CNN. On the one hand, it's bad that your boss is resigning under a cloud of scandal. But on the other hand, you got the scoop. We begin with breaking news. Did you know that Jeff and Allison were banging? I saw them come in the office together one morning and I totally called it. I mean, I didn't say anything, but I totally called it. Uh, what's this? Just in, I'm also involved? But that's right, Jeff Zucker, the longtime head of CNN, is stepping down because according to his statement, he didn't disclose that he was having a relationship with a colleague. And I don't know if this is the full story, but what I do know is that at CNN, it seems like there's no middle ground. When there's a scandal there, it's either someone who isn't disclosing enough or someone who's disclosing way too much. And look, I know this story is gonna come as a surprise to a lot of people. You know, people are gonna be like, wow, Someone has been in charge of CNN this whole time? I thought it was just a bunch of roommates that found camera equipment behind a dumpster. But yes, Jeff Zucker was 
running CNN. And you may not know this, but he's the one who made CNN what it is today, right? He's the one who pushed it toward entertainment more and less news. You know, he's the one who said, enough of those international correspondents, let's just get people fighting on camera. Like, you remember when CNN would just make us watch Trump's empty podium for an hour? That was his choice. Yeah, and the reason he liked putting Trump on so much is because he liked Trump because he knew that Trump was good for ratings because Jeff Zucker is the one who gave Trump the job for The Apprentice. And The Apprentice is the only reason that Trump went on to become the president. Ah! And that's not even the craziest part of the story. The craziest thing is that Jeff Zucker's downfall all started with Andrew Cuomo. Remember him? Yeah, Andrew Cuomo groped women. Chris Cuomo, his brother, tried to help him. So then CNN looked into Chris Cuomo, they investigated him, and then they found some shit on Jeff Zucker. What? So Andrew Cuomo was such a creep that he took down himself, his brother Chris, and the president of CNN. He's like Ronan Farrow, but by accident. I mean, at this point, who knows how long Cuomo's fallout is gonna last, right? He groped a bunch of people, now everyone is feeling it. You know, he's like a human Chernobyl. 80 years from now, Brazilians are gonna be at war with Australians like, Isso é todo por causa de Andrew Cuomo. All right, but let's move on. From someone who's losing his job to someone else who's in hot water at work. Whoopi Goldberg, co-host of The View and the only coach to lead the Knicks to a winning season. In case you missed it, the five women on The View were having a discussion about Mouse. You remember the graphic novel about the Holocaust? And by the time the discussion was all over, the panel was down to four. This morning, more fallout for Whoopi Goldberg. ABC News suspending Goldberg from The View for two weeks after she made controversial comments about Jewish people and the Holocaust on Monday's episode. The Holocaust isn't about race. It's not about what race. What is it about? Because you, it's about man's inhumanity to man. But it's about white supremacy. But these are two Roma. white groups of people. Goldberg apologizing live on the program Tuesday. Yesterday uh, on our show, I missed spoke. I regret my comments, as I said, and I stand corrected. The segment also included an interview with Anti-Defamation League CEO Jonathan Greenblatt, who later commented on Goldberg's suspension. We shouldn't cancel Whoopi because she made a mistake. I heard Whoopi say that she's committed to doing better. I accept that apology. ABC releasing a statement acknowledging that Whoopi has apologized, but asking her to take time to reflect and learn about the impact of her comments. Yep, Whoopi Goldberg is in a whole lot of trouble. And I understand why. I understand why people were upset with what she said, because the way she said it, it made it sound like the Holocaust was just some white people who were fighting some other white people, you know, sort of like Game of Thrones. But as the spokesman for the Anti-Defamation League later explained to her, Hitler did see Jews as a separate race, and even worse, as a separate species, you know? Like, when you think about it properly, protecting the master race, that was the Nazis' whole thing. You know, race, purity. Like, all these tiki torch bitches that you see running around now, Hitler was the OG of that. You know, in his mind, everyone was supposed to have blonde hair and blue eyes, except for him. He got to look like a, an angry broom for some reason, but that's not the point, you know? So I, I totally understand why people were upset. Because the Holocaust had everything to do with race. And I'm glad that Whoopi apologized because, like, I don't think that she was trying to hurt anybody here, you know? I think she made a mistake. And I will say, I, I think it's a little weird 
that her network suspended her for sharing her view on The View. I mean, if she's remorseful, why send her away? Isn't it better to keep her and then use this as a teaching moment? Like, then you can have everyone watching also learning, like, oh, I actually didn't know that about the Holocaust. Maybe they didn't. Rather than sending her away for two weeks to do what? Reflect and, and, and what, do her own research? I mean, that's never a good idea, you know? Yeah, these days you tell someone to go research the Holocaust on their own, and they'll come back in two weeks like, did y'all know that the Jews have space lasers? And you'll be like, ah, damn it, you on YouTube? Oh, man. Anyway, let's move on to our next story. Today is Groundhog Day, which leads me to ask, what the hell is Groundhog Day? People pull a rodent out of the ground and then ask the animal to predict the weather? Like, this is so unfair, because if Africans were doing shit like this, and you heard that we pulled animals out of the ground? <sighs> like, there are villages in Africa where people wear animal skins, and if I tried to explain that Americans use groundhogs to predict the weather, they'd be like, but why not just use the satellite data? All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's move on to our top story, which is about Russia the former and maybe future Soviet Union. Over the past few months, Russia has sent over 100,000 troops to its border with Ukraine, which understandably has a lot of people freaked out. Ukraine has been preparing for war. America and the United Nations have been threatening devastating sanctions on Russia. And today, President Biden sent thousands of troops to Poland and Romania, just in case Russia decides to add some more countries to its shopping list. But the big question is, why? Why is Russia bringing Europe to the brink of war? Well, yesterday, we finally heard from Russian president and leader who ends every sentence with, or else, Vladimir Putin. And he says that none of this is his fault. Russian President Vladimir Putin's first comments on Ukraine since December after his meeting in Moscow with the leader of Hungary. Putin claimed that the West has ignored Russia's top demands, including blocking Ukraine from joining NATO. In his first public comments on this crisis in weeks, President Vladimir Putin accused the US of trying to contain Russia. Ukraine is just a tool, he said. Despite more than 100,000 Russian troops now massed on Ukraine's border, Russia still claims it's the real victim, threatened by the US and its NATO allies. And Moscow insists it has no plans to invade Ukraine. Yeah, Putin says that Russia has no plans to invade Ukraine. So I guess those 100,000 troops on the border, they're just doing that thing where you stand outside a restaurant and read the menu. No, no, we are not going in right now. Maybe we come back for special occasion. And look, I, I know it's hard to feel sorry for anybody with a Russian accent, but I do actually understand why Russia is so freaked out by NATO. Because here's the thing. Don't forget that NATO was formed to oppose the Soviet Union, right? That's why it was formed. Then the Soviet Union broke up. But instead of disbanding, NATO has been expanding closer and closer to Russia's borders. So from a Russian point of view, just a Russian point of view, it's, it's almost like they lost a boxing match, but then the guy who beat them moved in next door. Uh, the fight is over. What are you doing here? I don't know, man. You tell me. All right, when we come back, Roy Wood Jr. is gonna put his life savings into breakfast cereal. You don't wanna miss it. Welcome back to The Daily Show. America 
is a nation of entrepreneurs. And Roy Wood Jr. gets in on the action in his new segment, Black in Business. I'm Roy Wood Jr. And every week I shine a light on black entrepreneurs changing the game. From app developers to the DVD man who somehow already has his hands on John Wick 7. If you're black, we're in business. Right on, people. And welcome to Black in Business. This week, I'm betting it all on a sector that's experienced incredible growth in my house this year. Breakfast cereal. We all know the big players. Tony the Tigers, the leprechaun that steals from white kids, and the rabbit that also steals from white kids. But ain't none of them cereals black. Unless you count the Raisin Bran box, which, I mean, just kind of feels black. But now, there's a new face in the cereal bowl. I sat down with Nick King, a man who's introducing a cereal that's in the shape of a black power fist. He is truly putting black in business. Nick King, much respect to your brother. You are basically the Jackie Robinson of breakfast cereals. Should have called them things 42s. The, the biggest piece for me is how important it is for black kids to see themselves in a positive light. You know, mm. but breakfast cereal, a space that has never been infiltrated. So, uh, I just wanted to be the change. Well, you got a good product. I can't wait to see these fists. Man, these is kibbles. I know kibbles when I this is cat food. This is supposed to be fists. Yeah, actually, uh, it's uh, no longer, unfortunately, empowerment fists. Uh, we've gone through multiple different manufacturing companies that, that said the shape of the cereal is too complex. Hang on, hang on. They, they said it was too complex. They got, they got cinnamon toast shape. They got honey smack frog turrets, but you can't make this we're dealing with a hundred year old industry and because we didn't want to slow up the company any further, we have transitioned to regular circular puffs. What about the kids? What do the kids say? Have they tasted it? Kids have 100% given their approval. What kids? What kids? Oh, you kids. My son is my first original taste tester. Oh. Uh, he's now 15. Oh, he don't count. That's your son. You kick him out the house. You know what? You know what I'm gonna do for you, bro? I'm gonna do a taste test with kids you don't know. I, I accept that challenge. Mm-hmm. Hello, panel. First off, thank you for taking the time to appear on Black & Business. I know you all have a heart out right before bedtime, so let's get right to it. Now, have any of you all seen any cereal with black people on the box before? No. Um, I've only seen that raisin, raisin cereal that has that sun on it. See? Told you that shit was black. That's a smart one right there. So, Bailey, you've tried the cereal. Give us your analysis. I like it about the cereal because it's crunchy. Is this cereal for black people? Just saying. I'm not trying to make anything offensive, but just saying. That's a very fair question. This cereal is created by a black person. So in knowing that, how would you feel if you saw one of your white friends eating a black-owned cereal? The only, the only white person I know is my girlfriend. <laughs> okay. Well, that was unexpected but an answer nonetheless. Continuing on, what would make this cereal an even better investment? If the cereal pieces look more like fists. Okay, raise your spoon if you're also disappointed that the cereal is not shaped like a fist. So you all are saying the cereal itself just needs to live up to the radical message that's on the box. Excuse me a second, that's, that's a good idea, good idea. All right, Nick, good news. I spoke with children not related to you and they all thought the cereal tasted great. I told you they would. Mm -hmm. Now, there was one thing that the 
kids were a little disappointed on, and that's that the cereal was not shaped like a fist. Now, I know you have explained why the cereal can't be a fist, but in the meantime, Nick, you got to lean into the cereal being black. In fact, you need to make it blacker. Uh, I'm a little nervous about it, man, but go ahead, Roy. Here's a black-ass cereal I know you ever go hard for. Fred Flakes. Now, Nick, don't go nodding your head, Nick. What better spokesperson for cereal than the chairman of the Illinois Black Panther Party, Fred Hampton? The dude who played Fred Hampton. What, what, what else do you have, bro? Okay, okay. Now, what about this one? I got a cereal for black people that they can enjoy with their white girlfriends. Ally O's. No, that too far. Too far. That's Ally O's. I recognize my privilege. No, you don't say it like that. You say it like Tony the Tiger. I recognize my privilege. It's the slogan. You got to say it like that. I'm, I'm gonna be honest, right? I didn't. I didn't want to ruin this for you. Your creativity was good. I didn't want to kill it. But at the end of the day, I want kids to be able to sit at a table and see themselves, see positive black representation on a cereal box, and that's the idea. That's why I built Proud Puffs. You know what, Nick King? I respect your vision, and I'm gonna change your life right now by investing in your cereal. I'm gonna make your dreams come true. Now, how much money do you need for an initial investment? I would say uh, any anywhere upwards to uh, 300K. Oh. Somewhere around there, ballpark. Yeah, damn, I do not have that kind of money. Which is why I'll see you next episode where I'll be examining another breakfast industry, toast. That's one I could afford, I think that could work. You got English muffin, you got wheat, you got white, you got multigrain, you got Rigo's worms. Thank you so much for that, Roy. All right, when we come back, Gugum Bataro is gonna be joining me right here in the studio, so don't go away. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is actor and producer Gugu Mbata-Raw. She's here to talk about starring in the new psychological thriller series, The Girl Before. Yo, that guy's creepy. <laughs> I'm just gonna put it out there. Like, that guy's creepy. Yeah, there, yeah. There's definitely an energy that you get in the show when you watch it where you go, uh, I don't know this person, but he really, really creeps me out. Welcome to the show, Gugu. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, congratulations on yet another show that I think is gonna get a lot of people talking, as, as all your shows do. I feel like you, you have a, like a, just a knack for picking really great roles in really great, either limited series or shows. I mean, people loved you, you know, in Black Mirror, San Junipero is one of people's favorite episodes. In Loki, you got some of the best reviews, which is not usual for like a superhero franchise. You know, people go like, ah, oh, whatever, but people are like, you're amazing in it. Oh, and now here you are with this new, is it a mini series or a limited series? It's a, a, a limited series, it's four episodes. Right. Yeah. Where you're playing what I think many New Yorkers will, will relate to, somebody who has rented a place from a very creepy person. <laughs> I know, I mean, it's such a departure for, for David Ayelowo as well, because, I mean, I know you know him as well. Right, but right. he's, um, you know, everybody knows him from Selma, Martin Luther King, and all the things that he's done. And this character of Edward, really keeps you guessing because uh, he's this minimalist architect, mm -hmm. uh, he's a perfectionist, and uh, you can't quite figure out, you know, if he's a good guy, if he's a bad guy, and, you know, every episode, there's so many twists and turns in the story. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a wonderful experience. You, you know what, what was, what's really gonna shock some people is, I, I was watching the clip with one of my colleagues, and then she was like, oh wow, she does a really great um, English accent. <laughs> 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 and then, and I was thinking, I wonder how many people would think that about you and David, where they go like, wow, they're doing really fantastic English accents. 
Are there people who know where you're from at all? I know, it's so funny because when I first read the script for The Girl Before, I was in the middle of filming Loki and I've been doing an American accent for right. so long. And um, it's, it's a weird one. I sort of, I, I take that as a compliment, I think, you know, if people see you as an American and, and believe you so fully uh, that, that even your own accent feels alien. Um, I mean, when I did Belle, you know, several years ago, I'd been doing an American accent sort of for about three years yeah. solid. Yeah. in projects and I <laughs> genuinely myself thought do I know how to act in my own accent anymore <laughs> it's just been so long that I've been doing the American thing so um but yeah it's nice to be able to kind of switch back and forth and and as I say I sort of I'm flattered if people believe me as an American too I think people believe you in any role that you play you you receive the essence award congratulations Thank you know the you. breakthrough award that is where you met David right like sort of not met him officially but you asked him to present the award and that's sort of yeah well it's funny actually because me and David were both born in the same hospital. Uh, he's a bit older than me. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. He, he was born, we were both born in Oxford at the John Radcliffe Hospital um, a few years apart. And uh, so, so there's, there's that connection, which is, which is sort of surreal. And then he was one of the first British actors that I met when I went to LA and I didn't know anybody. And I was doing a TV series there. And, uh, you know, I met him and his family. And, and I, I just was so impressed because I was like, here's this man who's an incredibly talented theatre actor and, uh, and film actor but he's also just got such a grounded real yeah, life definitely. as well and definitely. I was just so I was so impressed with that um, and when when I was nominated for um, or, or won the Essence Award I asked him to present it to me and he he actually took me by surprise because he brought his daughter Zoe onto the stage right. to present it to me which which kind of took my breath away because she reminded me of this mini version of me <laughs> <laughs> And, and it was, it was, you know, it made me cry. It was so moving, but it was also, I mean, he's very smart like that, David, because I sort of saw myself in her and I also, it gave me a moment to really ground my work in a way mm. because I felt like now I have to choose projects that are sort of good enough for Zoe, you know, that, that, right, that, that, right, that's right. the sort of, you know, that idea of legacy and the idea of what she's looking up, seeing somebody that looks like, as much as I see a younger version of myself in her, she might that's see an amazing. older version of herself in me. So, yeah. yeah making... that's a, I feel like that's a lot of pressure, though. Right, but not always. But then there's things like, like Loki, for example, where you go, wow, like, what would my seven-year-old self be doing now, you know, or, right, or would, right, I would right. be pinching myself. And so, so rather than seeing it as a pressure, I sort of see it as also to give myself permission to be joyful oh, and, I like and playful as well. You, you have like one of the most interesting connections with Loki as well because Tom Hiddleston plays Loki, yeah. right? And then you went to the same drama school as yep. him? He was the year uh, below me at, at drama school, even though I'm a bit younger than him. You realize yeah. you, you almost have like a, like a horror movie story. It's just no one's getting killed in your story, but like you're like following all the people. We were born at the same hospital. We went to the same school. I know, like the degrees of yes, separation. No one's right? dying, yeah. but it's, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was really comforting, I think, especially filming Loki during 2020 to be surrounded by so many Brits and uh, Wumi Masaku as well, who yes, plays B15 yeah. in the show, was also at RADA. So it felt like, a, you know, a bit of a Brit reunion. And I think when the world was just so unstable, it it was really comforting for all of us to be around our sort of old drama school buddies. You've someone who's done everything. I, I mean, you know, a lot of people will know you from your acting. Um, you've also been somebody who's been really closely involved, um, you know, with the United Nations and working around the world. I didn't know this about you until I read a little deeper into your world. So I've always known that your dad is South African, yeah. your mom is English. I always knew that your name, Guguletu, is, yeah. you know, from South Africa. 
But what I didn't know was that your dad had to escape South Africa mm. because he was fighting the apartheid government, and it was actually the UN partly that helped him. I mean, yeah, that the circle... circle of life. It's really truly incredible, and it's 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 a strange thing because you know, obviously, it's it's an incredible honor to become. Um, a, a goodwill ambassador for mm -hmm. UNHCR. But my dad, uh, you know, under the apartheid era was student activist, uh, member of the ANC, you know, and, um, and had to flee. Um, and it was a very difficult time for him. And he was, he was studying, doing his medical training. And, and he actually, UNHCR helped him uh, finish his medical training and, you know, and, and come to the UK. So when I got the call to be able to go on my first mission with UNHCR, you know, to uh, my, my cousin was like, aha, you know, that is an ancestral call. <laughs> you know, like that truly is an ancestral call that it sort of brings it back. Um, and it makes it so much more meaningful for me, you know, to know that that's part of my cultural legacy too. Google, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you. Congratulations on everything that you've done. Thanks so much. All right, people, uh, all four episodes of The Girl Before will be available on HBO Max February 10th. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Well, that's our show for tonight, but before we go, please consider supporting the Loveland Foundation. They're an organization dedicated to providing therapy services to underserved communities, especially black women and girls. So if you want to support them in this work, then please donate at the link below. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, get your vaccine, and remember, if you've ever even heard of Jeff Zucker, you might be next. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.